On this episode of the Fellowship Podcast by CMF International, you'll get to listen in on a conversation I have with Katie and Kip Lines. They're going to share about their life and ministry in Kenya and how sometimes the most life-giving aspects of our ministry are when we are the most exhausted. I'm your host, Jake Moore. Welcome to the Fellowship. Welcome to the Fellowship Podcast. I have my good friends Kip and Katie Lines on with me today, and I am so excited to have you both with me on the podcast today. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks, Jake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's really, really a pleasure. Really <laughs> it's always a pleasure to be with you when you're not actually here. I know, I know. Oh, you oh no. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's good to see you. I'd rather see Aaron there too. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. We, she and I have talked about for the podcast and for the videos that we're doing too, that she needs to make an appearance as well. So I agree. At some point, I'm going to be interviewing her and uh, maybe she'll interview me. Uh, or something like that. But really grateful <laughs> to have both of you on uh, for this episode. It's really cool uh, to have you guys both here. And the time that Kip and I have had together uh, over the last couple of podcasts, uh, we've heard kind of the story of your build up to your two terms uh, with the Tricana people um, from his perspective, um, <laughs> which has been great. I've enjoyed it. And I'm sure and others have. Been correct. Yes. I was going to say, true. I would be really curious to what you said. Well, I mean, you've listened to the <laughs> episodes, right? I, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, sure, sure. Well, <laughs> yeah, she'll go back and, yeah, or request that they get brought down. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's been very kind and gracious. He did share that he was such a good husband that when you had Brian, he splurged and got you the $10 presidential suite to uh, have Brian in. Is that right? Uh, at the hospital? Yeah. yeah I, it was. It was It was quite the splurge. I don't remember how much extra it was, but it was probably close to $10. And, and the presidential suite just meant that there was a bathroom in suite rather than at the end of the hall. I think that's exactly what I said, right? <laughs> it is. It is what he said. It is what he said. And it is nice to no, have some... Course, right? Yeah, and it's nice to have some privacy uh, during that time. Yeah. Not being in yeah. the communal bath with everybody else. Yeah, good yeah, time. You know. Although at that time in Nairobi Hospital, the Kenyan style of uh, of caring for uh, a mother who had just given birth was to wake them up early in the morning and tell them they needed to drink some chai, mm-hmm. some, some tea <laughs> with milk. Katie nice. It feels like, no, go I was away. Like, You're kidding me, right? <laughs> yeah. Go away. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's not a kindness to you. They might think of it as a kindness, but that's not a kindness to you at all. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Well, yeah, I'd love to hear more on your perspective on your two terms serving uh, mm-hmm. with the Dracona, Katie, at another time, particularly just with your role, uh, you being the bedrock of the family uh, <laughs> through those years there and keeping – Kip and the boys alive. Uh, I know that that you in many ways probably had a harder job uh, when it came to your time of service there. It was definitely um, teamwork for us mm-hmm. to survive and, and thrive there. 
Um, but it was it was def definitely different than the perspective and work that Kip had. And you should uh, book me on sometime. You just have to get into my busy schedule. I know, I know. <laughs> we just looked out today. Just yeah, absolutely. Wait a minute. Um, That's perfect. I mean, if I was going to summarize those the two terms that we had in Turkana, uh, really the themes that I talk about, uh, the highlights for me um, include moving. Uh, from a ministry that each missionary was out in a different village doing their own thing to a more coordinated uh, ministry where we were thinking about all of Turkana together, uh, moving from doing training in each individual village to bringing church leaders to a central location for area-wide training, mm. um, ordaining the first elders in the Turkana churches wow. so that they, they could uh, lead the churches without missionaries. Uh, they're cool. handing over the Bible training Institute that we then started uh, mm -hmm. so that uh, it was being run by Turkana leaders uh, when we left the field, uh, all of that That's stuff, amazing. you know, and I mentioned in the last episode about uh, helping to make certain that the, the Turkana Bible got printed, which, yeah. you know, it's now it's like third or fourth printing. It's uh, amazing. So all of yeah. that was great stuff. Those are definitely the highlights. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, what a legacy, a legacy of ministry uh, to be able to even look back on and see those things being established and then uh, above and beyond just that. Yeah. The word of God uh, exists in that language. It's on the third or fourth printing. I mean, that's really cool that you were you guys and your family played an integral part in seeing that happen. And even the fruit that's being born right now in that ministry uh, in Turkana through CMF a lot of that is due to the seeds that were sown during your time there. Uh, so that's really phenomenal uh, to hear about. Yeah. Well, and I wouldn't want to play the, that, uh, you know, I think there was a ton of work in the, in the almost 20 sure. years before we even got to the field mm -hmm. uh, that yes. a lot of people had done in very difficult situations, much more difficult than we had. And I, mm -hmm. you know, it was, that was so hard seed planting in many ways we were reaping like the benefits of mm. many many years of hard work that missionaries had done um uh, and we were uh you know we were working with the second generation of church leaders um from that early generation of just a few uh old men and old women that uh that the original missionaries had worked with in the late 70s and early 80s there yeah yeah, I think we really we really came at a time where um, they had moved out of um, kind of the the crisis management of things and the the famine and food distribution. I mean, there was still mm -hmm. some of that going on, but but uh, the CMF team was really taking a leading role in that for um, some of the years before we arrived, and and were putting a lot of their efforts into uh, addressing some of the famine needs and. Um, and just the circumstances changed to the point where we were able to, to land and be in a place to really use our skills and gifts to, uh, to join with the Turkana church leaders there. And That's basically so cool. what we're saying is anybody <laughs> could have showed up at that time. Yeah. You guys were just warm bodies essentially. Just <laughs> right there. Yeah. It yeah. was the right time for all yeah. these great things to happen. Yeah. Well, we heard from Kip in our last episode about a uh, language year flub where he bought a camel. 
and it got <laughs> slaughtered. Do you- and it was an old camel too. Yeah. <laughs> it was old and the meat was tough. <laughs> it looked like Methuselah's old gray beard. Yeah. Do you yeah. have any memories, Katie, of any uh, language flubs or things that you goofed up uh, <laughs> that come to mind? Um. I think just regularly feeling inadequate with the mm-hmm. communication for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I think just there, the Turkana language, the, the vowels are always so important. And mm. uh, for us in English, they're pretty interchangeable. Yeah. And so, and there's words there that often sound similar. So mm-hmm. I think um, the, the, the difference, I don't know that there was pronounced differently, but the word um, for a lamp and the word for old lady were the same. <laughs> you, know, That's so, great. you know, when yeah. when someone comes and asks, you know, hey, could you go into town for us and, and buy buy me a lamp? And I'm saying, why do you want us to buy you an old lady? It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, I think that was probably the one that I uh, got most embarrassed about. But Yeah, no, that's a good one. That's a good one for sure. Mm-hmm. Lamp or old lady. Nobody should be buying old ladies ever. That's never no. allowed, yeah. especially a CMF missionary. No. Yeah, nobody well, should so, be lighting up an old lady either. Yeah, light up some old ladies, <laughs> pour kerosene on an old lady, like all that. Yeah. No, uh, we don't do that. <laughs> not anymore. No. Okay. Lamps. So, I'd love to just know from both of your perspectives as you look over those eight years. Correct, eight years that you guys were with the Tracana. What were some things that were like life-giving to you as a part of that ministry, whether that was something daily, weekly, or even some particular moments? Was there something that stands out as a highlight as that was really life-giving to you in that ministry? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, it was the teaching. And uh, as I said in the last episode, the times the immediately after our language learning year um, where I was literally sitting under a tree, just reading scripture and going through lessons mm. with new Christians. Like that, that's cool. It's exhausting. Uh, in that regard, it wasn't like it made me f- feel, uh, uh, great physically, mm-hmm. but it was, uh, <laughs> that it was the kind of hard work and the kind of exhaustion where you knew mm. you were doing something of real meaning and value. And that, yeah. that was always, for me, mm-hmm. those were the highlights, like, um, the things that were life giving, uh, were the things that were extremely exhausting, extremely hard work, yet I knew uh, it was uh, the most valuable thing I could be doing uh, with my life at that time. Mm. So, yeah, those kind of things, those teaching That's times. Cool. And then once Turkana Bible Training Institute got started mm-hmm. and when I would teach courses there, again, it was just exhausting and working through really difficult issues with church leaders um, and cultural issues that was always, uh, really life-giving too. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have two, two things that, that come to mind, Jake, when you ask that, what is, what is, what was life-giving there? Um, one is similar to Kip's, the, the times that I got to write lessons and then teach them, uh, with the women, I had very few opportunities to do that just with the, the needs of my family. Um, yeah. I wish that I had been able to do more of that. Um, but 
Um, just the, the couple of experiences that I had being able to address something specific that was affecting the women um, in the particular places where we were working at that time and being able to take scripture and um, and work through that with them was really exciting. I'm sure. Um, yeah. And, and to be able to see the way that, that that was able to change the way that they responded um, mm. to uh, scripture and, and their faith. Um, so that's, that's the first thing that I did find really life giving. The other that um, really stood out to me is, uh, is rain. Hmm. Rain was very life giving. Um, I mean, literally, but yeah. living in a desert and it's hot and it's sandy and dusty and it's hot. Um, <laughs> and hot. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, and it's hot. Dusty. Is that and right? Hot, dusty. And, dusty. and also dusty. That's where about it. You could, you could uh, clean the house twice a day and still have everything covered mm -hmm. in dust. And mm -hmm. um, when, when the rain came and you could smell it on the clouds coming in and the clouds growing heavy and, um, and then the downpour cooling everything off and um, soaking everything in. And it's just, it, to, and to watch our kids going outside and dancing and playing in the rain and maybe also me doing it too. <laughs> and then, um, yeah. and then the days did, after. Did they bathe, were, usually bathe in the rain too? That was what, during rainy season, we would just give um, the kids a shampoo bottle and be like, go, go take your bath. It was, no, it, it was mud. mud. It was all they mud. Were, they would play yeah. in the mud. Everything would get muddy. Um, oh, I didn't say ours then, wasn't mud. <laughs> <laughs> and then the flowers that would bloom yeah, uh, after I'm the sure. rains were, mm -hmm. um, were just incredible. Um, now, along with it would also come all the bugs, but um, mm -hmm. But, you know, it was, that was life giving. Yeah. It was always amazing. I mean, we could go seven, eight months without any rain mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. everything's dead on the ground except for scrub bushes and a couple thorny, types of plants. Thorny and, scrub yeah. bushes. and then we would have one or two rains, mm -hmm. like a day of rain. Uh, and within a week, there were these little flowers that would be growing up where there was nothing. And, you know, wow. there's scripture isaiah talks about uh you know the desert blooming like a garden and that's that's what we would see is yeah uh, these beautiful flowers coming that's up cool. very resilient seeds They've just yeah. been sitting and waiting there in the desert yeah a little bit of water it's so amazing yeah it's yeah. amazing to think about it's, and then these bugs always hard go ahead yeah but no you go ahead oh i was gonna say it's always hard to not think about the images um in relation to our own faith and the work that we were doing and all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff, like living in a desert where the seeds are there and they're just lying dormant. They're waiting for some good news, some rain, mm -hmm. and, and it just springs up. And it bursts out cool. in abundance. Yeah. Yeah. It's lush. It's vibrant. It's very life-giving. Very yeah. life-giving. Yeah. Extremely <laughs> life-giving. Now, I was always amazed in Ethiopia when the rains would start at where in the world did these massive bugs come from? Like we're talking like <laughs> as big as my face. You're like, where are yeah. you at? And they're we on the screen. Like that. No. That <laughs> we had those big old like male mosquitoes that were like this big. Oh yeah. Remember those? Oh, those were yeah, wild. they would yeah, and yeah. termites and stuff. Those would yeah, all flying termites. Yeah. 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 Well, Can I give okay. another life-giving yeah, thing please okay one more do. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, for me i i just i found great joy in the birds of mm. uh turkana and and all of kenya um but um learning to find joy and beauty uh in 
and life in just the huge variety of birds that were around us there. Um, and the colors and the sounds and the shape and the sizes. And it was a really fun thing for me to talk to the Turkana and ask them the Turkana names for the particular birds. Mm -hmm. And um, and they thought it was funny that I was asking about, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's a bird. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah it's uh, just a bird. No, I just, uh, yeah, really found, found great joy in, um, in observing the birds there. Yeah, we love nature and, um, and the remoteness of where we live most of the time. Uh, you know, we could, I could go out and take a hike 30 minutes and go up onto some hills mm. and there's nobody there anywhere. Like wow. it's just completely, uh, Aaron, uh, barren, desolate. Uh, and, mm -hmm. uh, those were, those were also life-giving times because you mm -hmm. could go, uh, you know, and be alone and mm -hmm. reflect on things and pray and, uh, those those are things. All right. Yeah. So well, yeah, I know that's great. This is this is phenomenal stuff, and it makes me jealous uh, that I didn't live in Turkana uh, for eight years like you guys did. Uh, when you think then about ways that you had found downtime or Sabbath, was a lot of it tied to this idea of the outdoors or being able to go out on these hikes and things like that? Did or were you did you feel like you could find Sabbath while serving on the mission field? I don't know that I really would say or identify those times as sap times for me, um, more as like drinking some, some good water, some, some short sips of, of maybe some, mm. some life giving water. Um, yeah. and, and part of that I think is just because of the, the intense heat was always hard for me. Um, mm. I would say Sabbaths would come, when we would take breaks and um and go down country mm -hmm. um and uh and get some rest uh do some grocery shopping yeah um, visit some rainforests and do some mm -hmm. bird watching <laughs> and, and so um, down down country would have been like to Eldoret or all the way yeah. to Ni Nairobi even for us it was usually just Eldoret mm -hmm. um yeah, but um, but that was that was a time where uh, where we could spend time as a family, um, and uh, yeah, just kind of have some. And it was time. cool. It was it a was high cool. high elevation. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Uh, so temperate. Yeah. So for your for your life and ministry rhythm, how often did that happen? How often did you go to Eldoret? Uh, we tried to maybe go down every maybe 12 weeks or so. Is that about right? Yeah. Two, every it, probably about two months. Yeah, probably eight, most to, of the eight time. to 12 weeks. We'd go down for maybe a week. Um, about, about once a quarter or so. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it, it was a long, hard drive down. And especially when we lived all the way out um, in Lopuela, which was the farthest out we lived. Mm -hmm. um, it just, it was a long journey. Each yeah. Time. Like, not yeah. a long journey, like four hours, like long uh, journey, like so, a full day. <laughs> like from, from the farthest out we lived, it was like a three and a half hour drive from La Puella to Lodwar. Um, and then usually like stay the night there and then get up early in the morning, drive from Lodwar down to Eldoret, which would have been like eight, eight to 10 hours, depending on how bad the roads were. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it completely <laughs> depended on the roads, yeah. roads and the weather. Yeah, yeah. 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 sure. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't just a little jaunt. 
It wasn't. Just a <laughs> it was not a John. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. no. Yeah. If you talk about things that were uh, life draining, travel mm-hmm. was life draining. Like yes, traveling on the roads mm-hmm. and driving—that was yeah, definitely and, and traveling with young children and and watching the hardship on on them too was mm-hmm. was hard. Yeah, that's that's yeah. definitely something I wanted to ask you guys about was mm-hmm. some of the things that drained you while you were on the field. So travel's mm-hmm. a big piece. It was a big piece for us. It was always a build up, a ramp up for okay, we're getting ready mm-hmm. to head into town or we're getting ready to head back down country. Um yeah. So yeah. was would you guys find that when with your rhythm of life and ministry, like every 12 weeks? Was it like the two days, three days before you actually headed to Eldoret was filled with prep, like closing up the house? You know, what did that look like and preparing to go and to travel? Mm, I think the longer we, the more we did it, the quicker we were at it. We didn't have to take a long time to do it. Yeah. We try not to take very long to get to Mm. prepare to leave. And I think the harder part of it was just um, always feeling like wherever we were was temporary. that so much of our life was spent living out of trunks. Um, And if we were home, we were only there for, you know, two months at a time at the most. Uh, And then if we were traveling, we'd be going down country for a week or two or, or longer if we were going all the way to Nairobi. Mm -hmm. Um, And we had down country suitcases and and down country clothes because it was colder. And, Mm um, I wore pants down there (laughs) in country. So, you know, just, just feeling like so much of the life of, of the life was always in transit or temporary. Mm -hmm. And, and it was difficult to make lots of plans. Um, we, because everything depended on the weather, the road conditions, whether there were bandits or not, whether the vehicle broke down, you know, all that stuff is like, yeah whether there was water when we got to where we were going or when, whether there was electricity when we got to where, like yeah, you yeah. drive three hours to town so you could see so download email and there's no electricity and there's no mm-hmm. phone service. It's like, okay, now what do we do? And, and sometimes the harder part was coming back home and you know, you're, you're doing this huge long drive back home, back from Eldorette to Lodoire and then back from Lodoire out to our house. And then you get all the way home and everybody's tired and everybody's grumpy and you get there and everything's dusty and there's no water, mm. <laughs> you know, and it's oh, getting yeah, the dark. Well, the well dried up like two days ago. Yeah. Uh, Okay, yeah. great. <laughs> it's getting dark and the kids are hungry and you have to unload right. everything and everything's dusty and there's no water. Yeah, you know? how much how much dust was sitting on stuff? You know, is it inches and inches of dust or just a nice thick coat? Yeah, yeah, it's just a nice yeah. Coat. everything yeah. was just coated. Yeah. yeah, it's just like being at the beach. You know, you get sand, no, and, was, sand and everything. Oh yeah, oh yeah, in every well, crack and crevice. Yeah. <laughs> One of the houses we lived in had had more of a sandy soil, uh, like it. Yeah. Costa Korea yeah. had like sandy soil, but uh, yeah. Lopuela had silt. Yeah. So you nasty. could just look at it and it would fly uh, out. Just like moon dust, kind of the yeah. moon dust thing. Yeah. Well, as you guys reflect here on your, those two terms of service with the Turkana people, what words of advice would you give to some of our missionaries that are on the field that are, are there serving as families, um, maybe with little kids, uh, maybe they're wrestling with the good things, the life-giving things, mm-hmm. and the life-draining things, and the life-draining things feel like they're maybe outweighing the life-giving things. So, do you have any words of advice uh, to 
the fellowship here? Katie's got lots of words. No, no, you go first. So I'll fill in the gaps. I know, I know what a lot of yours are. Um, I would say commit to doing it. Mm. Um, and then you commit to doing it and then you choose to find joy in the midst of the daily. Mm. Um, mm. The daily is going to become, first, it might be an adventure when you first get there, you know, everything's an adventure. Yeah. Um, and then you suddenly realize that this is ordinary life and this ordinary life happens to be really hard. Um, and so um, making a choice to look for the life-giving things to look for and, and find joy in the midst of the challenges. Mm. Um, so again, uh, I think it, I'll, I'll throw out Effie Giles's name here. <laughs> yeah. Got a name it's, drop. It's, Effie. Important to, it's important to name her in this, mm -hmm. that I was, I was very, um, sad and, and it was hard for me not to, um, be able to garden a whole lot in Turkana. I did garden. Um, mm -hmm. it was somewhat disappointing because every time I'd leave, we'd come home and the garden would be dead. <laughs> and, um, and so at one point she said to me, uh, if you, and I don't, I don't remember her exact words, but something like, if you can't find joy in something that you want to do, then find, find something else that's similar to that. And, uh, and, pour your heart and your efforts into that. And, and so it was something along those lines that really encouraged me to say, if, if I can't mm. garden, if I can't have a green space, then um, I'm going to start watching birds. Mm. And, oh, uh, that's and interesting. So, yeah. And, and so again, my love for nature um, was still there and there was a tie, a theme into that um, and to find joy in something else. And uh and so that would probably be one of the first things that I would encourage folks on the field to do is if if you have something you love doing that you just can't because of where you are, the circumstances of it, then find something else that that still has the same theme, same um, thread that weaves through it that um, that brings that yeah. life to you and, and try something new. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's it's important to continue looking for those things. Yeah. yeah and we've, if anyone's ever heard me talk at a retreat uh, in the last couple of years, I, I've hit on this theme a lot where I, I truly believe that um, we have to find ways uh, to, if you want to call it life giving or recharge or whatever mm -hmm. in the midst of our ministry, it's too mm -hmm. easy for us to become dualistic and thinking that we can only get rest yeah in a place away from our ministry location or away mm -hmm. from the people that we're ministering among. We have to find ways to rest in the work and among the people that we're ministering with. Yeah. Uh, because if you get into that dualism, you, you start to get into this, this framework thinking that my ministry area and the people I work with are the most difficult thing in my life. And it's the hardest thing. And it's, and it's, even a bad thing because it makes me feel tired. Mm -hmm. uh, and the, the only good in my life is when I'm away from it. And you have to get away from that. Like, uh, like Katie was saying, you have to find the things in the daily everyday life, the daily grind of your ministry that are life giving that you love, that you enjoy, uh, or it just, it would, it would wear you out uh, to try mm -hmm. to live uh, in two different worlds. Uh, one of the other things we did with our boys and our family life uh, in traveling around a lot, 
was to try uh, to move into wherever we were and make oh, it yeah. as much home as possible. So How'd we you guys act- do that? Yeah, what would you do? <laughs> well, we had <laughs> we had very regular routines uh, mm-hmm. in our family life uh, for for morning and breakfast time and evening and bedtime, those kind of things. We would do the same thing at the same time every day, no matter where we were. Mm -hmm. Uh, We would bring things with us uh, that were part of the boys' stuff. Mm -hmm. You want to talk about any of that? or? Um, Well, I mean, just we had some consistent things that traveled with us everywhere we go, Um, and um, including, like, uh, the crib. That, you know, we didn't have crew in different places. We had one crew, the pack and play. They both lived in pack and plays when they were babies. And, yeah. and, uh, and so they were always sleeping in the same bed at night, uh-huh. um, which was really good consistency for them. Yeah. Um, and uh, we would, we would always try to, um, if we had moved to a place, even for a short time, we'd hang some artwork that was ours. Hmm. Um, and um, in fact, and we would also that piece of art right there behind us is oh, one that yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we we would also um, <clears throat> rearrange furniture. Like even if we're staying at a hotel, yeah. Um, like we we'll move into a place even if it's for a short period of time as a family and go. Okay, how would this work better for us and makes mm-hmm. us more comfortable and, and just move stuff because yeah, that's great. You, you live this transitory life. You have to have to quickly adapt and say this is our space. <laughs> This and is our home for right now. Of, instead of just saying, well, I'm just living in this space temporarily that's not my own. Mm-hmm. You have to make it your own. And so we would try to do that as much as possible. Uh, ah. Yeah, that's oh, good. That, that's huge stuff. And I'm genuinely encouraged by all of the things that you all have shared during this time. It's really been great to hear about your journey, um, but then also to hear about the ways that you thrived in your ministry, you know, it wasn't just the journey and slogging it out, but the ways that you thrived and grew uh, through that experience of serving God uh, with the Tricana. Uh, it's really, really encouraging to hear. One thing that Aaron and I uh, like to do, and Kip has experienced this uh, on an episode that we did together. And since I have both of you on, I wanted to see if you could play the or game real quick <laughs> as we're wrapping up. So it's I'll ask you a question. It's just rapid fire. Would you want this or would you want that? And since I have you guys as a couple, I thought it'd be fun to uh, end out our time. You know that this is very wise, Jake. But... <laughs> it's not wise. It's not wise. Okay. Okay. Well, it might be fun. It's fun. Let's try. Let's, try. Yeah. Okay. We, let's leave right. the wisdom behind. All the wisdom in the first go. thirty minutes. Now, in the last two minutes, we'll go. We'll go unwise. So, all right, Kip and Katie Lines. Would you rather have a cookie or a brownie? Brownie. Uh, brownie, yeah. Brownie. Cake or pie? Cake. Cake. Mm. Uh, we're going to always have the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, oh, yeah. If you had to have a personal advisor, would you rather have Gandalf or Dumbledore? <laughs> Can mm. I pick McGonagall? Uh, uh, no, Dumbledore. <laughs> Okay, Dumbledore. Yes, you could go McGonagall. So we're go- we're gonna we're gonna go J.K. Rowling. We're not gonna go. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm gonna stick with Dumbledore. Yeah, Dumbledore. No, okay. I think I'm gonna go with Gandalf there. Okay. There you yeah. Go. Gandalf. All right. Cool. Cool. Okay. Horses. Yeah. Yeah. 
So if you had to live in either of these places, would you rather live in the Shire or Hogwarts? Oh, the Shire. <laughs> Wait, I'm just thinking through this. Definitely <laughs> the Shire. Hogwarts has moving staircases. Yeah, that's scary. Definitely the Shire. That's too scary. That's scary. Yeah. Okay. And uh, if you had to live in one of these uh, fake cities would you rather live in wakanda or lothlorien oh lothlorien lothlorien okay yeah i think lothlorien wow wakanda forever no no wakanda love uh <laughs> yeah, we, we lived there. yeah. Oh, you, you essentially felt like you lived in wakanda yeah. yeah well hey thank you so much for this time guys i'm super grateful for the both of you and for the ways that God continues to use you uh, in my life and in so many other people's lives. So thank you for being on this episode of the Fellowship Podcast. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Fellowship Podcast by CMF International. We hope you've been encouraged and challenged by Katie and Kip's story. And I also hope that you'll take away those two words, commit and choose. Commit to the work that God has placed you in and choose to find joy in the midst of your daily life. Now, Get it out there and connect with what God is doing in the world around you.